Coming up today on Locked On Big Ten, Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes is in to talk about everything that happened in the Big Ten over the weekend. A whole bunch of big wins in the conference and a few losses to discuss too. We'll talk about everything we learned right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. Jay Stevens, our Monday co-host, will be joining in just a moment. We've got a great conversation with Jay today about everything that happened over the weekend in the Big Ten. Some big wins picked up by some Big Ten teams. Teams like Michigan State proving that they're for real. A team like Minnesota proving that maybe the Gophers aren't quite as off the rails as we thought they might be, or at least I thought they might be. And, of course, we'll break down every other big game in the Big Ten, or at least some of them. We get through part of it with Jay. Some we're going to reserve for our conversation with Kevin McGuire on tomorrow's show. Give you something a little bit to look forward to as well. But we did have a great conversation with Jay, so we'll get to that in just a minute right here on the show. But first, our show today is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy in particular. That's a category can be a little bit harder to find too. So listen in right here. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you're a college football fan who wants to start betting on these games and get more involved, try to bet on things that you can't find lines for, give Prize Picks out a try. Again, head on over to Prize Picks to give them a look. It's prizepicks.com or download their app on the App Store. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. It's a Monday, and on Mondays, we have Jay Stevens in with our Locked On Buckeyes podcast to help us go over everything that you may have missed in the weekend of the Big Ten and, of course, talk about all the things that you did already know about, too. Jay, it was a big weekend in college football for the Big Ten. We're going to talk about all of the best matchups, but let's start by well, this kind of weekly ritual that we have after the week of trying to sort out everything that happened with the AP polls. The Big Ten have six to make it this time around with the addition of Michigan State slipping in at 21, I believe, was the final ranking for the Spartans. I want to make sure that's right. 20, 20, ending up being for Michigan State. So give them all the credit that's due. They've played like a top 20 team as they now are right now in the AP standings. The Spartans are looking really good. I have to ask first about your Buckeyes, though, Jay. A team now with a loss and now starting to lose a little bit of that respect from the pollsters. How much does that matter to you right now as just someone who's already been through this ringer of making it to the playoffs so many times in ways that really nobody else in the Big Ten knows? Is this something that you care about, these rankings right now? Honestly, no. The AP poll itself right now through week three is a talking point, which is amazing for us, you and I. We could spend two or three or five minutes talking about the AP poll. But when it comes to the grand scheme of things, 
it doesn't hold much weight with me. It doesn't hold much weight at all. And you look at how Ohio State played against Tulsa, how they looked against Oregon, how they looked against Minnesota. There are some issues there, but the AP poll itself doesn't really put much weight. Ohio State, like Clemson, who's at nine, who sent like Cincinnati, who's at eight, like Florida, who's at 11, Notre Dame at 12. They all have things they need to fix. They're all teams that if they they're all teams that if they fix those issues on their team, they will be top five teams in the country if they fix some of those issues. So no, it's not really a it doesn't it's not much of a doesn't hold much water, doesn't hold much weight with what they have right now. The team has things they need to fix. The AP poll is just a talking point for us to kind of navigate conversations throughout the season. I guess bigger picture, where are you at right now with where the Buckeyes stand in relation to the bigger picture in the whole season, trying to make that playoff? This is now, at the best, a one-loss Big Ten champion. That's proven to be plenty good enough to make this playoff before. This season's a little bit different, though. Are you feeling confident that that will be enough on its own this year if the Buckeyes end up going unblemished through the Big Ten season? A one-loss Big Ten champion, you'd have to play really, really good to do that right now based off how the perception is for Ohio State and how they have played. They still have Indiana on their schedule, still have Michigan State on their schedule, still have Michigan on their schedule, still have Penn State on their schedule as well. Of course, you have to play Rutgers and Maryland and Akron this coming up weekend. According to BetOnline.ag, Ohio State is 50-point favorites over the Akron Zips on this coming Saturday. Yes, that is no lie. Go to betonline.ag. You can check that out yourself. 50-point favorites over the Akron Zips. Based off of even how they played this last week, I checked another, another um, sports book. They're right there with BetOnline. So it's not just like one sports book is way different than the other. Ohio State has enough talent to blow Akron out of the water. My concern is a lot of execution on the field and coaching decisions that are being called into the team and what things are going on in practice. Ohio State can be a top five team, top three team. They're not playing like they'll be a top five team. They're not playing like they'll be a top 10 team for very long because they have too much talent on this team. Or I thought we had talent on this team. Maybe the things that we're seeing is the talent that we thought we had. It's not there. And what we're seeing is a team that Ohio State will be this year. Ohio State is the top 10 team, just barely a top 10 team as things stand right now at number 10, just 46 points as far as the actual like voting points goes over number 11, Florida, after falling to Alabama over the weekend. It's going to be a tight one this season, for sure, with Ohio State losing early, Clemson losing early, and looking like they may not even be in the mix if they keep pulling off tight calls as they did over the weekend. But that's stuff to get into later on. Let's talk Big Ten and real things back in here, Jay. Going through the rest of those standings, Iowa's up there at number five. Penn State's there at number six. There's three other teams down there that are plenty serviceable to beat anybody on any given Saturday in the Big Ten. You mentioned it. Being able to run through this conference would be plenty enough in itself but that's what the Buckeyes would have to do to be able to make any sort of playoff I'd imagine any other team would have a much weaker kind of resume with a one loss Big Ten championship compared to a Buckeyes team so I'm sure there's a lot of say Iowa's and Penn State's that are thinking they can't afford to lose a game in this conference where do you feel like you're at as far as like all right all right is the Big Ten going to be this year's whether it be Pac-12 or Big 12 
conference that doesn't end up getting a team in because right now it seemed like that spot had been reserved for a Pac-12 team. Oregon beat Ohio State. That seems like that power shifted. So if you want to look at the hierarchy or the teams that can make the tournament, the tournament, the playoff right now that are in the Big Ten, I think every team ranked right now in the Big Ten, Michigan State's undefeated. They have to play Michigan. They have to play Ohio State. They have to play Penn State down the road. I believe they're on the Big Ten East. So they still have to play yeah. big-time opponents. So let's just say they go under, they go 11-1 and one and they lose a close game to Michigan or they beat Michigan narrowly, but they lose to Ohio State. Michigan State could find themselves in the – the Big Ten championship game, or let's just say they, they beat everybody in the Big Ten East, lose to a Big Ten West opponent. They could be there. So I do think everybody ranked based off of where we currently are in the regular season, week number three, four games for Illinois and Nebraska already. I believe it's four, four games already, four games for both of those schools. You're going to see, honestly, I personally believe all of those schools can still they still have a shot to make the playoff because it's early. Now, you may say, Jay, how in the world is Michigan State going to do it? They're undefeated. If they run the table 12-0 regular season and win the conference championship game, there's a really good shot they'll be in there because no Tucker will have to have a really, 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 really good football team to do something like that. What we saw in Miami Gardens, Florida on Saturday, I don't think that was a fluke. I truly believe you can feel the momentum with this football team in every single way, every single day. And then he listed off three ways you can feel the momentum. We're seeing that right now on Front Street. So I personally think everybody here can make the playoff, but we're going to see on the field weeks four through eight, four through nine, four through ten, who is playing good right now and who's playing good that can sustain that success throughout the through this part of the season all the way through the end of the regular season as well. Everybody can make it because um, everybody's playing – people playing some really good football right now. There are plenty of teams that could build that resume, but none get there without the Big Ten championship on it and none get to the Big Ten championship without going through Jay Stevens' Ohio State Buckeyes. That loss to Oregon didn't change anything on that front. So – of course, Jay still has plenty to be confident about going into the next weeks of this season, despite what was maybe a bit of a scare against Tulsa. We'll talk more about all of that game and the other biggest games around the conference here with Jay as we start up our week and get into, of course, week four. We got to first talk about the rest of week three here on Locked On Big Ten. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the place to go if you have any sort of problems, just, well, sweating. Too much. Now, it can be that with some people just having a person who just sweats more than normal, but also the clothes that you wear could be the problem too. It's something that I've dealt with a lot. You just go to the mall or wherever it is you buy your clothes, you find a good shirt, it comes in from online or again, wherever you got it from, you try it on, you go out for that first day in the new shirt, you love it until... Of course, you realize that we're in, well, not the dog days of August anymore. We're getting into fall. But in those hot summer days, it, it can just be unpredictable whether or not you're going to sweat through a shirt or not. The fabric may just not be right for you. Anything can go wrong. But the fix is always sweat block. Whether it's their deodorant, which I have and have been using myself. I think I actually have it right around here around the corner. Yeah, I do. 
sweat block right here. I've been using it. So whether it's that stuff that you have, again, you can watch on the YouTube, by the way, if you have been watching on the pod or listening on the podcast alone and did not get that visual aid I just gave you. The point is sweat block has anything you need from the deodorant to their wipes that can help you stay dry under the arms for up to a week. It's everything that you'd want to make sure that you can be confident going out in whatever you're wearing and everything staying dry. Head on over to sweatblock.com. Get 20% off your order with the promo code locked on. Again, that's sweatblock helping you bring or helping us bring you the show today. The show today is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. Now, if you've listened or watched the show, you already know plenty about Built Bar. They have everything that you could ever want as far as your protein goes from the bars to their little powders you can pour into your drink anything that you need on that end built bar has it but they also have those great flavors that you can't get anywhere else listen with the technology now a whole lot of different companies can put all of the nutrients into a bar a powder any of that stuff nobody makes it taste as good as built bar does while also keeping that health there they don't sacrifice any of that stuff 100% real chocolate in every built bar that's out there. And at the same time, we're talking about 150 calories or less than 200 always out of a built bar. You're getting less than five net grams of carbs and sugars. It's everything that you could want out of one product all packed into one with built bar. Head on over to builtbar.com and if you use their product, be sure to use the code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for a 15% off your order. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Here on a Monday episode, we're here with our Monday co-host, Jay Stevens of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. You can, of course, listen into that show wherever you listen to this show every single weekday. And he gets you up to date on what is, again, as we mentioned in the first segment, still the team at the top of the Big Ten on the gridiron. Jay, let's start with how the Buckeyes looked out there this weekend. It was, of course... A game with plenty for Ohio State to prove came out a little bit rough early against Tulsa. And this game was close for a little bit longer than I'm sure Buckeyes fans would be happy with. But it ended up being a pulling away an easy win, of course, for Ohio State. Before we get into the rest of the bigger games here in the conference, and there was plenty for us to get to, so we won't spend too much time here. How do you feel about what Ohio State did in this tune-up? So, Nate, I had a little thought in my head. It was a little statement that a lot of people say when your team does not look good, but they still win the game. A win is a win. A 21-point win, but a win is still a win. Ohio State's offense has a lot of questions. Got some questions about some coaching decisions. Ohio State's defense really slowed down, and the rushing attack from Tulsa was nothing. I think at one point, in the fourth quarter, Tulsa only had 14 total rushing yards as a collective unit. However, Davis Brin, the quarterback from Tulsa, threw 400, I believe, 28 passing yards in that game and found every single hole that was open throughout the game in the Ohio State passing coverage. Now, you say, Jay, is there a, what, what is the problem? What was the problem with Ohio State? They're not getting a pass rush. They're inexperienced at linebacker. The coaches keep playing a lot of guys, so when guys get into a groove, they get taken out. So there's a lot of little interesting things. I think there's a youth movement at Ohio State, and some of the coaches might be a little hesitant to put the youngsters in, which I, I firmly understand why. But they got questions. 
offense, the one bright spot, Travion Henderson, broke a record that was set by Archie Griffin, the Ohio State freshman rushing record. He ran for 277 yards, three touchdowns, 11 and a half yards a pop in his first start at Ohio State. He is now the third, I think for a single game rushing record, he has the third most rushing yards in a single game in Ohio State history. That is behind Trey Sermon. And I, I want to say Eddie, I know Trey Sermon is number one. Eddie George, I believe, is number two. And then Travion Henderson, true freshman, number three. That is a bright spot. Got some young guys in Denzel Burke, Cam Martinez, who are doing a phenomenal job in coverage. But Ohio State has some issues. They shouldn't be that close to Tulsa. Tulsa, I think, is a better team than people thought, better than advertised. But you're Ohio State. Show up, beat them down, and leave to relax for the night before you start preparing for the next for the next opponent. Luckily, we said this last week, going to say it again this week, luckily Ohio State has Akron this week. But if they don't fi- pick, fix things, this could be a, a, the same story a different week where Ohio State is not really playing up to their standard. Okay, I asked him for a quick hit. A minute later, we're on Eddie George. I guess that's my fault for <laughs> asking an Ohio State guy to only talk for a second about Ohio State. But anywho, we're moving on. It's the point that I want to get to. My apologies. <laughs> Let's move on to the bigger game of the weekend, maybe symbolically only, Nebraska against Oklahoma. I don't think anyone really doubted was going to happen in this one, and it did end up eventually happening. But Nebraska kept things close for a while. This Cornhusker team lost off the bat to an Illinois team that had people thinking that really Scott Frost's days might be really, really shortly numbered. Still could be, but this team has looked better over the last few weeks. Adrian Martinez seems to be trying to put it together. Nebraska... It could try and piece something here in this last part of the season to be competitive in the Big Ten. But I mean, I shouldn't say last part of the season, even the Big Ten schedule hasn't started yet. But I'm still a little bit confused as to how much more I can believe in Nebraska because of what I've seen these last couple of weeks. Teams look better, but I don't know, like, what does that better look beat as far as like, how can they do in the Big Ten conference? I don't know still. What do you think, Jay? I, I don't know either. I don't. I think if you take Nebraska and Oklahoma away from this past Saturday and Nebraska was playing another Big Ten opponent, let's say they're playing Minnesota or they're playing Ohio State or they're playing Michigan or Michigan State or they're playing Northwestern, I don't think you get that performance that we got from the from Northwestern, that we, I mean, excuse me, that we got from Nebraska this, this past Saturday. I don't believe that. I believe all the buildup the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, which is one of the most oddest things you have to build up a game, the game of the century, but there's probably how many game of the centuries that have there been a Costco ball too many to count because that's just how people use to build up games. If you take all that stuff away, the the renewal of a rivalry that's been gone that we haven't seen in quite a while. I don't think you get that performance from Nebraska in rivalry games. You get the best from you, you best from your opposition. Agent Martinez did show a little bit more promise, played a lot better than what I expected. I liked how he kept his eyes down the field more. And instead of trying to run around and run to get move the ball, try to do it with, through the air with his arm. I like that. But I don't know what we're going to get from them down the road. This is a time you're going to get the best out of your team. And they did that. I don't know what I don't know if we're going to get any better. And maybe we're in a Clay Helton USC situation. Were they seen enough to let Scott Frost go? Not enough improvement down the road. I don't want to see a guy lose his job or ever get fired. But at some point, yes, it's early in his tenure. Clay Helton was at USC a whole lot longer. 
But I personally don't know if we're going to see improvement from Scott Frost to do a eight to do a nine win or ten win average like like we saw from Bo, Bo Pelini during his tenure as Nebraska's head coach. I don't know if we're going to see that because I don't know if Nebraska and Scott Frost can do that. I don't know if Scott Frost is the guy at Nebraska at this level right now to do the things that Nebraska fans want to see from him. Well, there will be plenty of tests for Scott Frost and that Cornhusker team along the way. They only lost by a touchdown to the number three team in the nation. But uh, again, we'll learn more and more about that squad as we get into Big Ten play. Let's talk more positives, Jay. One of the Big Ten teams that was maybe a big surprise this weekend, if depending on how you thought about him going in, the Michigan State Spartans went down to Miami, beat a ranked Miami team, and not only beat them, beat up on them. 38-17 to 17 the final score. Sparty scores 21 points in the fourth quarter to pull away in that matchup. Kenneth Walker, the third, finishes with 172 yards. Peyton Thorne, 261 and four touchdowns. Mel Tucker's team, I said it going into this weekend, like they had shown signs, but you have to really compete against this Miami team for me to say, all right, this team's ready to be a team that can beat anyone in the Big Ten any given Saturday. Now they've done that. They did it with an exclamation point. I feel like the rest of the conference is properly on notice now, Jay. This team's for real. Yes, yes. I don't like using those statements this early in the season, but from what we have seen from Mr. Mel Tucker and the way that he has turned around this thing very, very quickly, they look like they are for real. They look like they are a team that's going to use some physical play, some quickness via the skill positions, and do be a team that can make some noise in the Big Ten. The fact that they're 3-0 and right now at this point, a loss against the Miami Hurricanes. Miami is who Miami is. They are. The glory days, try again another another day, another year. That's not this year from what we have seen so far. Kenneth Walker III, he is surprising me. I did not expect this from him. I expected another running back in the Big Ten who has now hurt, Mr. Muhammad Ibrahim, to be the best running back in the conference. Kenneth Walker III with a conference that has numerous really good running backs. Kenneth Walker III could be number one in that group of Big Ten running backs, could find himself in New York at the end of the season. If not New York, he could be the Doak Walker Award winner, which goes to the best running back in college football. He is that good. If you have not watched him play, I thoroughly encourage you go to the YouTube or watch him play this coming Saturday because you'll be thoroughly impressed about what you see when he's on the field. He's one of the best out there, no doubt about it, and one of the big reasons why Michigan State has gotten off to this incredibly hot start this season and of course we'll find out more about what sparty can do the rest of the year we've talked about it a little bit we touched on it a sec but real quick jay i i don't think this puts michigan state in any sort of position where they're in like a contending role alongside iowa or wisconsin i don't think there's that kind of staying power throughout a whole season with this team but i, I think we're both on that page of now where michigan state again could win any game on any given Saturday. I don't think wins enough to be able to really solidify itself at the top, top of the Big Ten. But could it knock off Ohio State? Sure. Could it beat a Wisconsin if that were to come up on the schedule? Sure. I'm trying to make sure I don't think those two teams play this season, but I'll have to, again, everything's so confusing. But the point is, I think Michigan State's proven that, like, all right, this is the game you have to get up to play for. I don't know about anything else. 
No, no, you're no, you're right. You're you're exactly right. There was a time period when Michigan State was a team you didn't have to get up to play for the latter part of Mark Antonio's career at at Michigan State. He was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, um, he's on the downslide. He he was let go. It was justified why he was let go. Things made a whole lot of sense as far as why he was let go when he did. Last year, Michigan State was who Michigan State was. This year, a different story. You better bring your A game. You better be physical. And the guys on the defensive side of your ball better play assignment sound football because if they do not, it could be a very, very, very long day for you. Michigan State has talent. There's a lot of talent at the two teams, Big Ten football teams in the conference, Michigan State and Michigan. That match up. Don't ask me the date right now because I don't know the date <laughs> about when they play. But when those two teams play, that'll be must-see TV and a very physical game, I do believe, with two really good running backs on both teams as well. It's going to be a good one for sure. I'll look up that date for us real quick, just in case people were wondering. But in this matchup, it was a good one, obviously, for Michigan State. Michigan has a lot of talent, too. We'll talk more about the Wolverines later on in uh, uh, what we're doing here. That team moved up to, I think it was 18, 19 in those AP polls. 19 it was, yes, Wisconsin, number 18 in the latest AP standing. So plenty of talent, as we mentioned, on both those Michigan teams. One team that I thought showed some talent for at least a little bit of a stretch or at least impressed me for a while was Purdue. In Notre Dame, I thought it was a bit of a surprise to only be a touchdown underdog in that game. They end up losing by two touchdowns. But the Boilermakers put on a competitive showing against the Irish. And again, in my mind, kind of solidified them as a team that not at big or Michigan State level, but like whatever that level is below, maybe like maybe they could knock off a really good Big Ten team, but it would be pretty surprising for me or something. Whatever you call that tier of Big Ten football teams, that's where Purdue's at for me now. I get that's what losing by two touchdowns to Notre Dame gets you. But that's a team that I thought looked really good and showed some really nice flashes in its matchup in South Bend, a hostile environment early in the season. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. David Bell does go down in the game. I believe he will be okay. Saul, when he went down, I think it was third or fourth quarter, no, it was second half. He didn't move. I'm like, if you lose David Bell, you're not going to win this game. They weren't. I didn't think they were going to win the game. I thought, I thought the spread was a little too close to begin with. But Purdue without uh, uh, Horvath, I believe is his name, the running back number 40. Some people call him Little Allstock because he does a number 40 like Mike Allstock played at Purdue. Runs a little like him, but Mike Allstock was just a whole lot more special than Mr. Horvath. But you lose Horvath, got another running back that comes in that plays very, very well. You take advantage a little bit of, of the Notre Dame offensive line, a little dinged up, and Purdue's defense is not bad. It's not laugh at and run all over and kind of like oh i got these plays they they'll, they'll work they'll work against you that we don't normally run them because they don't work against really good teams they'll work against they'll work against you because you guys aren't that good no you can't have that they have a first round talent in george carl loftus on the defensive line other guys on the d line in the front seven that are really stout that are really um kind of dictating what the opposition does kind of saw that a little bit but notre dame has better talent oh notre dame has more speed Notre Dame has the, the type of talent that a lot, that Purdue wants to get. The one wish I had after watching watching this game is that Notre Dame forgets their de facto or fake ACC schedule. Where they play five ACC schools every year, and then they go back to playing Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan every single year. 
renew those rivalries. I think football, Notre Dame fans, really would love to see those type of matchups every single year because Notre Dame and going to the big house, amazing. Those are the type of things that I believe will really improve not just the Big Ten teams, but also Notre Dame as well because you're playing a team that knows you very, very well. It's going to be a whole lot of fun just throughout the season, no matter what, whether Notre Dame's involved or not. But, of course, getting the Irish more involved back in the Big Ten and out of that ACC would be a whole lot more fun for us over here in the conference. Jay, we've gone a little bit long here, and I don't want to go over time on our Monday show. So I am going to leave some of these games for Kevin McGuire to help us go over here on our Tuesday episode of Locked On Big Ten. But I'll give you your pick of the litter for just one more game you want to talk about here. We got options. We got Cincinnati, Indiana. We got Iowa, which survived a bit of an early scare against Kent State. They pulled away pretty early. Of course, Big Penn State win over Auburn. I guess I'll ask you to leave that one for our Nittany Lions host and Kevin Mm -hmm. McGuire tomorrow. But just out of all the rest of the games that we saw out there, other teams played too. Northwestern lost to Duke. Rutgers beat up on Delaware in a way people think thought maybe they wouldn't. Uh, Michigan picked up a huge win. Pick a game to talk about, any of them. Even the Big Ten game we had on Friday, Maryland-Illinois, too. What's something that stuck out to you? I'll make it quick. I'll make it one team, well, one matchup, one game, and one player. Cincinnati 38, Indiana Hoosiers 24. The mm-hmm. first sellout at Indiana and Memorial Stadium that I have known about in a, in a while. I do live in Indiana, so my mom went to Indiana, and so I kind of see the – I hear and see things about Indiana University and their football team and uh, someone that has gone to numerous games there, over 100, a couple hundred, I believe, said that that scene there during that game on Saturday was the loudest and wildest football scene at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington that he has ever been to and experienced. Michael Penix Jr. might get his spot taken. His, his inability to be an accurate passer of the football is not just something that happened Saturday. It's been his Achilles heel to me, even going into last year and throughout his entire tenure as the quarterback at Indiana. If he can't find a way to be more accurate and make better decisions as well, Jack Tuttle, the backup quarterback, might be the new signal caller for the Hoosiers, and Michael Penix Jr. might be benched and not playing. No injuries this time just because he's not playing up to the standard of a starting quarterback in the Big Ten football conference. Gosh, well, I mean, Jay, that, that's an entirely different episode to get into because there's so much to talk about there. You're right. And if you've watched those last two weeks of Indiana football, it's not just that Penix isn't making great throws. It's at some points looking like he just really doesn't understand what's going on out there on the football field. It's kind of incredible It's sometimes to see just – what kind of quarterback we thought he was going to be this year compared to what he's been in these first two weeks. Again, plenty of time for Indiana to turn that around and Penix Jr. to turn it around. But as things stand at the moment, no, he does not look like a quarterback who's ready to be leading a Big Ten football team. It's just not something that I was expecting to see here through these first few weeks. But again, that's another podcast pretty much a whole episode entirely we can get into and maybe we will at some point with Jacob Root of Locked On Hoosiers or whoever else but we still got plenty of Big Ten games to get into unfortunately out of time here with Jay to talk about all of them Jay we appreciate you coming in here on every Monday to go over Big Ten football matchups 
we'll of course have you back here next week. And again, I'll give you another chance to get one last take in and also let people know where they can see and hear you and locked on Buckeyes and everything else you're up to. This football season, I'll close with a little little end, little thought here. This football season, I believe, will have a lot more spice in it, a lot more shaking up of the hierarchy in college football than when I think what people are used to. We have grown so accustomed to the Alabamas, the Ohio State, the Clemson, the Oklahoma, the Georgia, the upper echelon of college football, even Notre Dame. You cannot say what everyone about Notre Dame. They are legitimately, at times, a playoff team. This year, you might see other teams get into the mix that deserve to be there based off the play on the field. Sit back, enjoy it, relax. This is the chaos that I believe college football fans have been waiting for for a very long time. Everything goes in cycles. Every now and then, we get a dynasty that comes around. The Nebraska, you had the Miami dynasty. We're in the middle of the Alabama dynasty. We got Urban Meyer in Florida in the 2000s. That Saban dynasty might be dying down before he leaves. Now, they did win. They're undefeated. But we might see a team or two in the SEC that knocks them off. Enjoy the chaos. In the Big Ten, are you tired of Ohio State? This may be the year somebody knocks them off. If you're a Wolverines fan, is this the year that they go that they beat Ohio State? It's possible. If you're a Spartans fan, do you think that Mel Tucker and Michigan State beat Michigan this year? It's possible. Do you think Iowa and Kirk Ferentz wins a Big Ten Conference Championship, the first since, I think, 2004? It's possible. We're going to see chaos because we're going to get shaken up. I don't like saying those type of statements early. It's week three. I think I've seen enough to make that statement. Things are going to be a little bit more chaotic this year. Let's enjoy it. You guys can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. That's Stevens with a PH as well as follow, subscribe, Locked on Buckeyes. Got a full week of shows ready for you leading up to Saturday's game against the Akron Zips. Jay's also, of course, right here on Locked on Big Ten. Every single Monday to break down in football season, at least, every weekend of football that we have, as well as everything else that goes on in the conference over the weekends. Jay, we appreciate you coming in here as you do every week. The show is at Locked on Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N on Twitter. I'm at Nate with sports. And, of course, wherever you're listening right now, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to Jay's show, Jay's show Locked on Buckeyes. And, of course, tune back in tomorrow here to Locked on Big Ten.